Blog Talk Radio. your radio dials. We are live right now. This is Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by friends of Maryland Standard I'm Mike Carter, and we're joined by Mike Bozich, as always, who is live at Hawthorne. And uh, Mike, how you doing this afternoon, buddy? Doing fantastic, sitting up in the booth watching the horses train, and it's a beautiful day. It's actually up uh, to 40 degrees in the Illinois area, so I've got the door wide open, and I'm enjoying it while it lasts, because Sunday it's supposed to get right back down to 6. Well, keep that cold weather over there, way stuck in with Cleveland, a with, with a low of one. Snow. Yeah, a low of one. Jeez. Last year in Buffalo, Mike. Real quick before we uh, talk about the show. Last year in Buffalo, I had a low or a high of like negative five. So I, I don't want to hear it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Listen, when you talk about cities like Buffalo and Chicago in the wintertime, this is it. This is what you expect. And uh, I'll tell you what, it was a great week of racing. Um, you know, I'll tell you, these guys here, uh, you know, just a fantastic, fantastic job. These Illinois horsemen, you know, have been through quite a bit with the, you know, the slot legislation getting close and no cigar and for so many years. And real big props to the Carey family. They've treated me just absolutely wonderful. I mean, it's like I've known them for years and years and years. And and uh, props to them for stepping up to the plate and, and uh, giving these guys a place to race. Yeah, I heard that, Mike. Well, uh, we've got a jam-packed show. Uh, Darren Zaccali is supposed to join us at uh, in just a few minutes. Um, I know he is taking care of some other things with uh, some other priorities, so he may or may not be able to get on the show. But, Mike, we're going to have Pete Medhurst on to talk about uh, his announcing career. And I'll tell you what. He he does it all. He does Navy football. He does harness racing. He even does thoroughbred racing. Uh, Pete's a catch-22 type of guy. He is a multi-talented broadcaster, does a lot of different things. And not only, Mike, does he do Navy football, but he does some sports like volleyball, does swimming, uh, just a lot of different things. for for the uh, Naval Academy, and of course we're going to talk to him about that. We've got the captain, Corey Callahan. He's going to join us uh, probably towards the end of the show, 140, 145 or so. We're going to talk to Mandy Cool of the Starting Gate Standard Bread Transition Program. She'll talk about how she takes care of horses after their racing career, and of course uh, Darren Zocali is going to be joining us sometime during the show as well. We did advertise Aaron Merriman. Aaron uh, had a very good excuse for rescheduling for next week because he's flying out to California uh, to visit family, and I said, well, you know, Aaron, family comes first, and and there was some uh, issues with his flight and times and weather and all that good stuff, so we give Aaron a pass, but we promise you that we'll have Aaron on next week right on this program. Hey, Mike, uh, I don't think we should give Aaron too much of a pass. He, uh, listen, the winning Powerball ticket was sold in California last night. Maybe, you know what, maybe maybe he's going out to get the Powerball ticket. 
Well, he could be. That, yeah, that's uh, that's something. I mean, it was sold in, th- well, three different winners, I guess. One in California, uh, one in Tennessee, and I can't really, I think the third one was down in Florida somewhere. But it wasn't in Illinois, and uh, it wasn't in Ohio, so that takes us out of the mix. And uh, quite frankly, we're here today, so that takes us out of the mix as well. <laughs> well, no, and, and of course, all jokes aside, and taking care of some family things. So, again, he'll be on the show next week. Now, we want to quick programming note for everybody who's listening and who may be listening on the archive. Uh, because our good buddy Mike Bozich is at Hawthorne, uh, over the next couple of weeks you're going to hear this program at 1 o'clock um, on Thursday afternoons. You can archive it whenever you want through iTunes, through Blog Talk Radio's website. And uh, I'll tell you, Mike, it, it, this, you know, it, it's a little weird doing it in the afternoon, but I'll tell you what, I'm having fun and it's a, uh, it's a different it's a different scenery for us, so that works out. Well, it sure is, and that's the great thing about On Demand, Mike. I mean, even your programs now on TV, I mean, I, I would imagine that more people probably just DVR them and watch them on demand as opposed to uh, watching them live, so that's the great thing about that. You can listen to the show at any time. It's your convenience. You don't necessarily have to listen live, although we certainly like for you to listen live. And This is a new thing, yeah, it's in the afternoon, and, and uh, well, Mike, just like I had to adjust when, you know, I was uh, at Hazel Park for 10 years calling uh, night racing, and then I adjusted to uh, Harris, Philadelphia. We're, we were racing during the days, and now I'm back here at nights for a little bit. So that'll kind of play with you a little bit also. Yeah, definitely. Well, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we're going to hear from uh, potentially Darren Zaccali. Uh, Pete Medhurst will definitely be joining the show here in just a little bit, and uh, we'll hear from our sponsor, Friends of Maryland Center Breads, right now. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry... Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Post time with Mike and Mike would like to invite you to join us in positively promoting the sport of harness racing. Our advertising rates are extremely reasonable, and if you sign up for a one-month sponsorship package now, you get one week free. free. That's right, one week free. free. For more information on how you can sponsor Post Time with Mike and Mike, please email us at ptmikeandmike at yahoo.com. Also, follow us on social media on Facebook, Post Time with Mike and Mike. Also on Twitter at ptmikeandmike1. All right, we're back post-time with Mike and Mike. Mike Bozich live in Illinois. Mike Carter live somewhere in Ohio. And and uh, we certainly appreciate you joining us on this Thursday afternoon. A jam-packed show. Darren Zocali is going to join us. Pete Methurst, track announcer at Rosecroft, and a multi-talented broadcaster will be joining us here as well in just a couple of minutes. We've got the captain, Corey Callahan, and Mandy Cole will tell us about starting gate, uh, the Starting Gate Standard Bread Transition Program. All of that is coming up here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. So uh, don't press that button. And uh, Mike, uh, of course, uh, I guess, uh, man, probably about a week ago now, uh, the tragic news out of Canada uh, with the fire of uh, Classy Lane Farms. And, of course, uh, we lost a lot of horses there, I think 39 Standard Breads in total. And uh, the uh, COSA... Uh, was able to step up and raise quite a bit of money. And from what I was reading, Mike, it was the fifth most successful GoFundMe campaign ever in Canada. Now, you talk about what? a huge deal. That wow. was terrific. Yes, I read that a couple days ago. And, of course, we were able to start our own GoFundMe, and we just uh, were able to transition the funds over to the COSA. And, Mike, you want to give a grand total of how much we uh, were able to raise? So let, real quick before before I give the grand total out, so we transferred these funds like we said we were going to on Tuesday, and we were at just under nine thousand. Okay, and over the past I don't know three or four days, we have gotten you know a little bit here, a little bit there, 
and we are now over nine thousand dollars, nine thousand fifty-four dollars. Our goal was fifteen thousand. Mike, I tell you what, we didn't quite hit our goal, but we came very, very close. And I can't even begin to thank everybody who donated to us. We, we're just so uh, thankful for all. And it tells us how many donors there are. There's 82 of you out there who uh, donated to us. There's 1,111 that's donated to the COSA to raise $298,000. I'll tell you what, Mike, this board is going to come together with our funds combined with theirs. I think that puts them over 300000 yeah, and I know there was a couple of other fundraisers as well, and I know you know U.S. Trotting, various organizations, various racetracks, a lot of horsemen pitched in. I know Yannick Chingra was uh, pitching in five percent of his purse. I know Darren Zocali, uh, who we'll talk to here in just a couple of moments, made some win bets and donated all that to Clancy Lane. I mean, just an unbelievable, uh, you know. T- cooperative effort by horsemen, and I know I beat that horse, and everybody always said, why do you say this all the time? But you know what? It's great to see when there is a tragedy, and of course we never want to see a tragedy in, in something like this. We never want to see that, but all these guys, horsemen from all different states that don't even know the likes of Ben Wallace or Chantel Mitchell uh, or the others came through, donated a just a great amount of money, and uh, I'll tell you what, it's never going to replace what they've lost, but I'll tell you, it'll uh, it'll certainly help. And a big hats off to the harness racing community for sticking together once again and doing what they did. Yeah, definitely, Mike. And I'll tell you what, we, we kind of had a – it was nice because we had um, Chantel Mitchell, who we're going to try to get on the show next week, she went to Woodbine this week, and she had one lone survivor, uh, one lone horse that survived this fire because he was racing at Woodbine the night of the fire. And I tell you what, he come back and win. Uh, and I've seen the race about three times in a gutsy, gutsy performance. Uh, I don't know how Frank Salise held it together. I don't know if I would have been able to. Yeah, certainly. And we're going to uh, we're going to put together a little piece next week. Uh, which we're going to try to get, like you said, we're going to try to get Chantel Mitchell on the show, talk a little bit about the victory, and uh, talk a little bit how uh, they're going to kind of rebuild things after the tragedy. But, but uh, yeah, like I say, I mean, uh, it was a great win for her horse and a great showing by the sport of harness racing. And, you know, there are times, like we say, Mike, you know, there are certainly times when there are things that happen, not only in this sporting business, but in all sporting businesses, things that you know, are, are just are not good. And, uh, you know, they, of course, harness racing and horse racing in general has its share of things like that. But, uh, you know, when, when the going gets tough, you see all these guys step up and contribute to a great cause and this sport, this sport stick together and this industry stick together. And that is exactly what happened here, Mike. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, Mike, coming up next is uh, Pete Medhurst. And, again, Pete is going to join the show and talk about uh, his announcing duties at Rosecroft. And he is one heck of a Navy football announcer, but he also does, uh, from what I understand, basketball, swimming, lacrosse. Uh, He does a lot of that stuff. And uh, we'll hear more from Pete Medhurst when we come back. Did you know a MagnaWave treatment can relieve pain, reduce inflammation, improve movement, and increase blood oxygen? Call Maria Ringler, a certified MagnaWave practitioner, at 302-922-0917 to schedule your appointment today at your own barn. Like our Facebook page, The Essential Touch LLC, and check out our website, TheEssentialTouchLLC.com. Catch the wave. It takes them every ounce of energy to get out of bed. They struggle to the mirror and comb their hair. What's left of it? But when the race is on, it's on. The Dallas in between horses, Jettison gets to the lead, and Jettison will take the Niatron. Go to the finish, McWicked, by as much as he pleases. The Dallas with 100 yards to go, the Dallas and driver Drew Monty win the Niatron's final. Draws away as they come down to the finish, Pinkman, a go-away winner. 
Catch Harness Racing's newest podcast, Post Time, with Mike Bozich and Mike Carter, every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern on blogtalkradio.com. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And uh, Mike, it looks like Pete Metterhurst is joining the show now. And uh, Pete is the regular announcer at Rosecroft Raceway. He's also the Navy football broadcaster and does a lot of great things with Navy. Uh, Pete, welcome to the show, bud. Well, you know, my middle name is Michael, so does that count? Can I be like Mike, Mike, and Mike today? (laughs) (laughs) Why not? You know, there is a Mike and Mike, and... uh, you know, I mean, there's a Mike and Mike show that's pretty popular, of course, I think, on ESPN Radio. And, you know, we've kind of been compared with Mike and Mike. But I hope we don't get sued. We're not going to get a cease and desist letter in the mail, are we? I don't think so. I, don't, I mean, it, it's it, you've got a lot more to, to, to your name and a different subject matter. So I think you guys are just fine. You can't be penalized for having the same name, though it is a popular name. Yeah, well, it certainly is. You know, there's a lot of people here at Hawthorne named Mike, too. I'm telling you, there's about five of us in the press box named Mike, and every time somebody yells Mike, everybody looks. And, <laughs> but I'm the new guy, so nobody ever wants anything to do with me, and that's that's, hey, uh, that's quite hey, all right. But, uh, yeah. You want to know what's funny? My supervisor's name is Mike C. as well. Well, there's a lot of Mikes in the world. There's a lot. Listen, Pete Matters joining us on the program here post-time with Mike and Mike. Of course, Pete's the fine race caller at Rosecroft and does a lot of different things with the Naval Academy. Just exactly how many different sports do you do, Pete? Uh, for Navy, I do football. Right now we're in the middle of a 13-5 and basketball season. Um, I do lacrosse and I do baseball. And I do volleyball and swimming, and I'll be doing wrestling on Friday night when they take on Drexel. Goodness. Well, Pete, you stay pretty busy until uh, Rosecroft kicks off now. You've also called at Ocean Downs, and you most recently have uh, filled in for the great Dave Rodman at Laurel Park and also did some work at Charlestown. Uh, take us into that and uh, how how much of a difference that was between thoroughbred and harness racing. Well, I mean, you guys have done both, so you know. I mean, it, I, 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 can't, I can't emphasize enough how different it is. I think it's two different skill sets. Uh, based on uh, the different types of racing. I mean, I describe harness racing as we get in a line and then everybody sprints for home in the final quarter mile, basically. Uh, Thoroughbred racing, I mean, you get horses that get off to completely different starts. I mean, you can have a horse that's 25 lengths behind everybody else. They're scattered about, um, you know, throughout. So I think it's it's two totally different types of racing, uh, uh, but both very unique to their own game. Uh, still, in all, our job as announcers, as you all know, uh, we've got to be accurate. Whoever's in first, you know, you tell everybody who's in first, you tell them who's in second, and so on and so forth, because uh, being accurate to the viewer or the uh, race fan who's actually in attendance at a racetrack, uh, that's the most important thing, albeit a different type uh, of race completely, I think, when you uh, when you separate the two. But, you know, I mean, as I've told you guys privately, you know, when I filled in for David Laurel in, in July, um, it's one of the few times in my life where I've actually been scared to death uh, when I get ready to turn the microphone on because there's a certain expectation when you're filling in for a Dave Rodman, the consumer at Laurel is expecting the same quality that they get from a Dave Rodman every day at that racetrack. Uh, and I think that's the, you, you have a certain pressure to live up uh, to that quality. And, and to me, that was my biggest fear was living up to the quality. I mean, I can tell you who's sitting in first, second, third, and fourth, uh, but the question is, is it going to be as good as what Dave Rodman does on a daily basis at a track uh, that, uh, you know, in, this, in a state where, you know, he calls one of the triple crown races? So, uh, to me, that that was the biggest thing uh, in, in filling in for Dave. Filling in at Charlestown uh, was a blast. I mean, uh, you know, it, again, it's a, it's a track that's been there forever. It's got a lot of heritage, uh, and it certainly now uh, is a much different track uh, than it was you know, 20 years ago before uh, slots came, it's a much more higher-profile track. And, you know, let's face it, it gets, it gets good coverage now from TVG uh, most nights. So there's a lot of people watching. And, again, there's a pressure there uh, to be accurate because the horse player uh, is expecting a, a certain quality. And I think, you know, the, you, you and I both know um, that uh, I think there are guys in our industry um, who demand a lot of themselves and demand 
uh, quality every time they, they open the microphone. And then I think there are some guys in our industry that don't uh, necessarily uh, do that on a, on a nightly basis or a race-by-race basis. And, and I think you can all you have to do is turn on uh, you know, certain tracks, uh, and you can see that, and you read certain message boards, and the, and the customers will tell you that. And to me, that's the biggest thing because customer feedback, uh, you know, whether, whether we agree or disagree or whether it's right or wrong, um, in the end, it's the customer who decides uh, how good we are. Now, Pete, your uh, your race call of Jada Queen was nominated for the Post Time with Mike and Mike uh, Upset of the Year Award and the Race Call of the Year. <laughs> Take us through this race call as they turn for home. I know this paying $700 had to be, if not the first, one of the biggest prices you've ever seen to win. Uh, it's the biggest price I've ever seen, certainly in person. And, um you know, and, and the thing about it was is the whole time, as you might expect, a horse from the eight hole, you know, Timmy's trying to do uh Timmy off of the driver's trying to do the best he can, you know, by the trainer and the owner, you know, save ground as much as you can, try to get him a check. And then in the final sixteenth of a mile, you know, the horses on the lead start to wobble a little bit and you know, that horse is just getting closer and getting closer and literally you know, the final 16th of a mile, I mean, you see the horse progressing, and your first instinct is at the end of the race is to look up at the tote board, and, you know, let's face it, we all know sometimes 99 to 1 can be a whole lot more than 99 to 1, and then I, my eyes scanned over to the wind pool, and when you see $3 in the wind pool, you know this horse is about to pay uh, an enormous amount of money. But uh, I, I give Timmy Offit a lot of credit. I mean, he, he put himself in position uh, by by doing right by the trainer and, and by the owner to get the horses as simple a trip as possible. And you know what? Sometimes you end up picking up the pieces uh, on the way home. And to me, those are those are exciting race calls because uh, you know somebody's got a big ticket somewhere, and I happen to know somebody who had at least a dollar across the board on the horse. And um, that was uh, that was a pretty interesting race, uh, no less. And I, I think those kind of races are always exciting, though, because you know somebody somewhere is about to cash a big ticket. Pete, everybody, every announcer uh, actually has their own way to prepare. I know there are some guys that color with markers, the driver's silks, and and uh, there are some guys uh, like Carter that has uh, this Durkin-like contraption with a coat hanger over his head, and, and just a lot of different ways that announcers prepare. Um, Pete, did you have to prepare a little differently uh, when you were calling at Laurel as opposed to Rosecroft? You know, uh, Mike, I, I went with what I thought was the most comfortable way uh, for me to do it. Now, I think in terms of Laurel and Charlestown, there's two totally distinctly different things there. At Laurel, you know, you're you're you are you're memorizing to me saddle pad numbers, um, and you're you're memorizing jockey colors. And you know, I'm a guy that that does it off memorization. And uh, I remember watching one of the you know talks that Tom Durkin gave. You know, he talked about memorizing you know horses in groups of threes. Uh, the problem at Laurel. The quality of the meat was so good. You had some races where you had 13 and 14 horses. It puts quite a challenge on you uh, to memorize. But you know, I went back and I, and I, I every day I watched the, uh, the replays over and over again. And more often than not, even in a 14 uh, horse race at five furlongs or six and a half furlongs, I was getting everybody at least one call. And uh, that's, uh, again, the most important thing. And, you know, I know there's going to come a time where I'm probably going to have to do more uh, in terms of preparation, perhaps going to, you know, the color system. Uh, but right now, you know, God willing, I'm still able to do this based on memorization. It's how I do a lot of the football, the basketball uh, as well. Charlestown, uh, what was unique about Charlestown is there the jockeys wear the corresponding color cap to their saddle pad. So that, I think, is a huge aid from a race-calling perspective. You know the guy you know, has a black cap on. He's number six. Guy with the blues, number three. I mean, it, it was, I thought at Charlestown that made it a lot easier on me uh, as an announcer because you had the cap and saddle pad color uh, that were the same. Uh, I, I thought that made things uh, an awful lot easier at a place like Charlestown. 
Well, certainly in the caps, and I took your advice because uh, I think the, the the day before I went to fill into Charlestown, you told me you said, "Mike, you better watch the caps." And I'll tell you, it actually helped because they got four across the track around the far turn, and the only way I could have told anybody apart was by the caps. But I got to tell you, Pete, there was definitely a difference between doing a a smaller track and a bigger track. And I'll give you a very good example. This past weekend at Hawthorne, opening weekend, it was sloppy. So by the time the tenth race rolled around, and of course these horses are coming straight at you down that mile track. I mean, driver's silks are, are out of the question. Driver's colors are out of the question because they're all muddy. Saddle pads are, are you know, it's it's still a little too far to see, and they're they're muddy too. So I was looking for shadow rolls, for bike colors, for any little thing that could help me differentiate the horses, and uh, you know, somehow got through it. But real quick, Pete, before we let you go, and I know Mike's got one more question for you, but I do want to touch on the Navy football, and I have to tell you. Um, you know, a couple of times filling in for you, Rosecroft driving down, we had you on the radio, and you just do an outstanding, outstanding job calling a football game. Now, how long have you been doing that, and how long have you been involved with Navy Athletics? Well, I've been with Navy uh, since 1997 as part of their network. Um, I've been doing, you know, football. I've been blessed to do this since uh, pretty much since I left high school. Uh, and uh, my first job was doing Salisbury University football, uh, basketball, and lacrosse down there on the eastern shore, and that's where uh, I got introduced to Ocean Downs with a, a great announcer there, the late Mike Keitel, who took Scott Warren and I, who uh, works as the race secretary and announcer up at Vernon, he took us under his wing, and, and he really taught us um, the game. And, and it was uh, I think both Scott and I were blessed to have a guy like Mike uh, who was a school teacher in New York, uh, you know, during uh, the regular season, came down to Ocean Downs during the summers uh, to be the race caller. And, uh, you know, when Mike passed uh, due to an aneurysm, Scott had a chance to uh, have the job on a full-time basis and did a, a, a ridiculously good job. And while I was toiling around as Pete the Sports Guy on the radio down there, uh, I would go down there an awful lot, and, and watching Scott helped me uh, do that. And so, you know, uh, I owe the Eastern Shore a, a lot in terms of my football calling career because, as I've told, I, I, you know, I, I tell both of you guys, I tell uh, any young person that comes to me uh, asking about the industry, anytime somebody wants to give you a microphone, take it. doesn't matter where it is. doesn't matter how much you're getting paid, especially when you're a young person. You need reps. You need experience. And doing those games in Salisbury, um, you know, got me going, got me started and uh, did some games down when I was working at a sports station, running an all-sports station in Virginia Beach, and, you know, did some basketball down there that, you know, allowed me to, again, get practice uh, in a situation uh, like that. And the more you do it, the better you become. And, you know, all it takes is one person to like you. And uh, obviously very fortunate that Bob Sosie, who was calling the football games at Navy, uh, he moved on to be the voice of the New England Patriots, and uh, it opened up a, a spot for me to move from the sideline up to uh, the booth to call the games. And, you know, representing uh, these kids and what they're all about and telling the world all about their story uh, is it, quite an honor for me uh, because a lot of them have great stories about how they get to the Naval Academy and obviously what they do uh, even after the Naval Academy that we're able to talk about uh, as well. Now, Pete, uh, it's kind of interesting, and real quick before we let you go, uh, you had a Michael mentor you with Scott Warren, and then you turn around and mentor to Michael. How about that? <laughs> so, hey, uh, man. Maybe it's maybe – it's, uh, and, you know, none of us look like Magic Mike, but uh, maybe there's something magical about the name Michael. You never know. There you go. Well, Pete Metters from Rosecroft Raceway and the Navy football broadcaster. Pete, we certainly appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to join us, bud. Guys, anytime. Glad. And again, just a tip of the cap to you guys for doing this show. Gives, uh, I think, a lot of positive publicity. The sport tells a lot of the stories about the people that uh, people don't get to hear about. And, uh, you know, keeping tabs on the show. You know, a, a guy like a, an Aaron Merriman, who, let's face it, if there's a guy that has a work ethic better than Aaron Merriman in this sport, I'm not sure who it is because uh, that dude uh, and what he accomplishes uh, during the course of a calendar year uh, to be the Dash champion this past year, uh, just an incredible work ethic indeed. And glad you guys are out there telling the stories of a lot of great people in this sport. Well, Pete, we certainly appreciate it, and uh, we'll have you on again real soon, okay? You got it, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. All right, Mike, that was Pete Medhurst, the announcer at Rosecroft Raceway and the Navy broadcast announcer. Coming up next, we're going to have Mandy Cool on, who's going to talk to us a little bit about her standard bread starting gate transition program. 
coming up after you hear a word from our sponsor, Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And uh, coming up now is Mandy Cool. And Mandy, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me. Certainly appreciate no you joining us, Mandy, from the Starting Gate Standard Bread Transition Program. Mandy, talk to us about this program. What's it all about? Um, so our, our main focus is to just, um, you know, give a place for these racehorses when they're done racing to, to have a place to land and to give them a new job. Um, give them some marketable skills and find them a new career when they're no longer um, able to make it on the track. Now, Mandy, uh, you know, obviously, you know, when their racing career is done, you know, you want to be able to teach them to do new things. Uh, What kind of things do you teach the horses to do when they come to you? Um, You know, we're really fortunate that that these racehorses get such a great foundation on the track um, that we, we really have a pretty easy time getting them started under saddle. So, we primarily focus on getting the horse started under saddle, accepting a rider, understanding, you know, basic riding cues, um, and then we just get him out on the trail. I would say 90% of our horses go on to be trail horses. Um, you know, they've experienced so much on the track and through their racing career and training. Um, there's not much that phases them. It makes them a really easy transition into that kind of a job, um, and that's what most of the adopters that are looking for standardbreds um, are doing with them. So, um you know, it's it's a it's a really easy transition, and it's a really misunderstood um, ability that these horses have. A lot of people aren't aware of how how easy they take to it. Um, you know, so we're just trying to to get out there and promote you know standard reds under saddle and promote their their abilities, and then you know obviously move as many through our program as we can. Tell us a little bit about Mandy Cool. How'd you get started in the business? Um, well, about seven or eight years ago, my mom bought this Mustang from our neighbor. Um, and she had a few other horses, and I was kind of horse crazy at the time, didn't have my own horse, and one of the horses she had was a standard bred, um, and she let me ride it a little bit. Uh, did a little bit of research and come to find out I lived about three miles away from Dot Morgan, who runs New Vocations. Um, I, I called her up and um, kind of showed up one day as a volunteer and, and never left for about five years. Um, I adopted my first two horses through them, uh, learned a lot about the breed and a lot about what they were doing, um, and Kind of over time, next thing I knew, I had three or four extra horses in my backyard trying to help, you know, extra standard breds find homes um, and decided eventually that we wanted to do something official about it. So we founded Starting Gates about three years ago. Now, we've got a Maryland Horse Expo coming up January 22nd to 24th, and you're going to be involved in that, right? Yes, we are. We're we're very fortunate this year to have uh, Golden Receiver on loan to our program. He's actually living at our farm, and uh, we've transitioned him under saddle. So, He's a little bit of a celebrity for us, so we're excited to be able to take him to things like the, you know, the Maryland Horse Expo and get him up there uh, under saddle and promoting, you know, how easy they are uh, to transition and to use for events and things like that. So we'll be taking Wait. four horses from Ohio here. Terrific, terrific horse. Now, Golden Receiver will be there all. You're going to be there all three days. Yeah, we're going to be there all three days. So we'll actually trailer up the day before and come home the day after. Um, we've got a booth in partnership with the Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. Uh, Golden Receiver will be there along with three other breed ambassadors for us. All right, and that's uh, coming up on the 22nd or the 24th. That's at the Timonium Fairgrounds. Um, who are some of the other people, uh, Mandy? I know, of course, you you know work your tail off in uh, you know getting things done there, but who are some of the other people behind the scenes that uh, that help you out? Uh, we have a lot of really great volunteers. So as of right now, Starting Gates is 100% volunteer staff. Nobody takes the salary from it. So. I'm very, very fortunate to have a lot of great people that, that love the breed and support what we're doing. Um, a couple of, of really instrumental people are my trainer, Amy Buchert. Uh, she is phenomenal. She takes a lot of time out of, out of her busy schedule to come out. She starts all of our horses under saddle, um, puts first rides on everything. Um, Stacey Volkman is another really big, dedicated volunteer. She does a lot of the stuff nobody else wants to do, you know, cleaning stalls and things like that anywhere I need help. She's, she's always first to jump in. 
um, you know, really great support all around. A lot of a lot of industry professionals supporting us. Um, you know, just it's been a really it's been a really fun time, and we've been really excited at how how much we've grown. Um, we've been able to place 125 horses in the last two and a half years, so making really good strides. Now, Mandy, uh, obviously, uh, to run something like this, you need the support of you know the public, horsemen, uh, obviously funds. How do people go about donating uh, to your um, to your work? Um, yeah, so we can take donations through PayPal or obviously even sent to the farm. We are a 501c3 organization, so all our, our donations are tax deductible. Um, you can find us on Facebook or on our website, startinggates.com, G-A-I-T-S. Um, you know, we're, we're really fortunate to have a lot of the support. A lot of these horses that come to us have owners that love and care about the horse. A lot of them come in with donations to help cover their care while they're with us, and that helps us exponentially. Um, we're, we're really growing right now. We're trying to um, get to a point where we can actually buy a permanent facility and, and be able to house a little bit more horses that come through um, in a really good position. I have a waiting list of horses that come in, and I also have a waiting list of adopters waiting for horses. So uh, we've been really fortunate at our success lately. Mandy, one more time, uh, why don't you tell our listeners where they could find you on Facebook, Twitter, and all the social media stuff. Sure, yeah, Twitter, at StartingGates, uh, Facebook.com forward slash StartingGates, and then startinggates.com is our is all of our stuff. It should be all connected, hopefully. All right, Mandy Cool, the Starting Gate Standard Bridge Transition Program. Come and see him at the Maryland Horse Expo, January 22nd to the 24th at Timonium Fairgrounds. The great Golden Receiver will be there. Mandy, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Yes, thanks so much for having us. All right, that was Mandy Cool, the Starting Gate Standard Bridge Transition Program. And once again, you could uh, follow him on Twitter, like him on Facebook, all that good social media stuff. They also have a website. Make sure that you check him out. Well, we're going to take a time out. When we come back, we've got the captain, Corey Callahan. He's on deck. Darren Zocali may join us before this show's out as well. You've got post time with Mike and Mike. We'll be right back. Did you know a MagnaWave treatment can relieve pain, reduce inflammation, improve movement, and increase blood oxygen? Call Maria Ringler, a certified MagnaWave practitioner at 302-922-0917 to schedule your appointment today at your own barn. Like our Facebook page, Essential Touch LLC. Check out our website, theessentialtouchllc.com. Catch the wave! Post time with Mike and Mike would like to invite you to join us in positively promoting the sport of harness racing. Our advertising rates are extremely reasonable, and if you sign up for a one-month sponsorship package now, you get one week free. free. That's right, one week free. free. For more information on how you can sponsor Post Time with Mike and Mike, please email us at ptmikeandmike at yahoo.com. Also, follow us on social media on Facebook, Post Time with Mike and Mike. Also on Twitter at ptmikeandmike1. We're back with post time with Mike and Mike. You've got uh, Mike Bozich, Mike Carter. Mike Carter, are you with us over there? Did you get lost? I had my mute button pushed. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? I was sitting here talking, and then all of a sudden I heard you. What I was saying uh, well, was, well, you know what, Mike, uh, listen. It's not going to be the first time that you were talking and nobody's listening to you. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, listen, uh, real quick before we jump into the captain here, uh, I wanted to say how great it was to have Mandy Cool on. She works with uh, our sponsored friends of Maryland Standard Bread. And I'll tell you what, Maryland's doing a lot of great things, and to have Golden Receiver at their uh, horse expo is definitely a plus. Yeah, of course, I'm going to be here at Hawthorne. Something I really wanted to catch was the Maryland Horse Expo. I mean, you're going to have, uh, you know, some great horses out there, and it's always a good time. So if you get a chance, check it out. It's the Maryland Horse Expo, January 22nd to 24th at the uh, Timonium Fairgrounds. So right now on the program, we've got the one, the only, the Captain Corey Callahan, one of the best drivers in the game today. Now, how, Corey, welcome in, first of all. And second of all, how'd you get the nickname the Captain? 
Um, actually, that came. They had a they had a nickname contest there at the Meadowlands, and um, like prior to that, uh, when I when I represented the U.S., James Witherite was the uh, was the announcer there um, at Chester, and he just kind of. He kind of dubbed me the captain with, you know, Captain America and with my hockey background and everything. So, you know, it, it works. Nobody else really came up with anything, you know, that I thought was uh, – I mean, Kim Workington always called me the Delaware Destroyer when I first started coming to to the Meadowlands. And, of course, Sam McKee, you know, we're big Kentucky fans, so he always called me the Wildcat. But, um, and like I said, James had already kind of dubbed me the captain, so I just kind of stuck with it. Well, it sticks. It gives you a triple C angle, you know, Captain Corey Callahan. But listen, buddy, you're off to a fantastic start. You've got 32 wins. You're uh, right in behind Aaron Merriman, uh, right now second in the uh, early. Uh, it's it's a little too early to talk about the dash standing title, but uh, you're right behind him. You yeah. got off to a great start here in 2016. You're only trailing him by a couple thousand dollars. Now, you're pretty much driving right now at Dover and, and the Meadowlands, correct? Correct. That's it. And, uh, you know, unfortunately uh, – Aaron and everybody else is gonna get a big jump on me. I I started a nine day suspension yesterday, um, so we are we are actually my family and I are leaving for Puerto Rico on Monday. So you know it's it's unfortunate, but you know it's very cold here, so we're gonna go get a little vitamin D and take advantage of it. Yeah, Corey. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Over the past couple of years, you've really you you your your stats have just continued to grow and grow and grow. What do you attribute to that success? You know, I would say the main thing is just, you know, um as you you know, as things are going well, you you get better and better people to drive for, horses to drive. I I would say that's that's the main thing. I mean, last year, you know, was was my best year to date, you know, in terms of uh wins, uh money and my highest UDRS. It was the first time, you know, I'm normally around over the year around like 280 or something like that. Uh, and this year, you know, I've, I finally got it over 300, but it, I really picked up a lot of good drives at Chester this year. I don't, I don't know if I was second or, or third and teacher and I were like one apart behind Nap, obviously who kind of, uh, ran away with it, but, um, you know, just getting a lot better horses to drive. And that, that, you know, then you get a lot more confidence, uh, you know, and a lot more respect from from the other guys out there on the track because, you know, you, you have the power to drop. Corey, let's uh, look back at your career. What's uh, What would you say would be the shining moment of the uh, driving career of Corey Callahan to this point? Um, you know, I mean, I, I had so much fun in 2012 with Goo Goo Gaga. You know, I mean, he was just, you know, this, this ill-bred horse that was uh, – you know, having causing Uncle Peter, who was the greatest horse ever, to switch to the pace because he couldn't keep up with him. So, um, you know, I mean, it's just it's just fun having you know a little horse like that for a, for a little guy, and you know, um, just to just to be able to put it to some of these you know top dogs. So I really enjoyed that. And then, obviously, one of the the shining points in my career would probably be last year with. Winning the Adios with Dudes the Man. I mean, that's a that's a that's a signature race, and unfortunately, a couple of those races kind of eluded me with uh, Mr. Wiggles. I think he won just about every elimination and finished second in every final. So, um, you know, it's nice to to finally win that. Now, Corey, uh, I saw you personally uh, at the Jug with Dudes the Man. What's what's next for uh, Corey Callahan in 2016? You know, I mean, hopefully bigger and better things. I, you know, I've I've got a really good horse to look forward to um, in Doggone Lucky. I picked him up there at the end of the year. I saw on you know Ken Workington's road to the Hamiltonian. He's ranked number two behind South and Frank. So, um, you know, that's something I'm really looking forward to. I've I've been in the Hamiltonian, but I've never really had you know, a, a contender, just kind of also rans and, uh, you know, just trying to trip them out to, to get as much money as possible. I think the closest I've been so far is fifth, um, you know, in the final itself. So, you know, to have a horse that, that I'll be able to, 
to get in play. I mean, that's that's exciting. And, you know, partnering up with John Boot and Shane has, has really helped as well. He's, I mean, they don't have uh, ideal Rocky there, you know, re- really ranked that high. But, I mean, he's, I think he's a really, really nice Colt. And, you know, he, he didn't really have to work too hard as a two-year-old. So I expect him to come back, you know, well this year too. Corey, let's get away from the racetrack for a little bit, and uh, let's talk about uh, private life a little bit. What, what do you like to do away from the track? Um, you know, I mean, just spend some time with my family is obviously one thing. I mean, with with our with our schedules, we are kind of, you know, bouncing around from time to time. And I know, uh, you know, my my daughter Kira is five, and my son Jackson is two, and you know, I mean, she she kind of gets it now, and she'll be like, "Dad, what day is it?" Because she knows I don't race usually race on on Sundays during the winter. So she's like, "What's today? Is today today's Friday? Okay, so you have to race tomorrow at the Meadowlands, and then you're off Sunday, right?" So, um, you know, to get to spend some time with that, and then I still, you know, I'm still uh, trying to pursue my my hockey career. Unfortunately, it's down to the beer league now, but um, you know, a couple. <laughs> I usually get to do that one night, one night a week. So that's fun to go out there and try to light the lamp with the boys, and um, you know, and then I like playing golf as well. Yeah, uh, so. yeah, certainly, certainly, golf's a great thing. It's one of the, uh, it's one of the most frustrating games ever of all time. You get two good shots and then a couple of bad shots, but it's the good shot that keeps you coming back. Yeah. Um, what's your score looking like, golfing wise? Um, I usually shoot in the mid eighties. Oh boy! So. Well, that's that's about fifteen better than me. I'm usually right around that hundred mark. But now you mentioned hockey, Corey. You you, uh, you got a you a big NHL fan? You got a team that you back? Oh, for sure, the Washington oh. Capitals. The Washington Capitals. Oh boy! What about any yeah. other sports? You like it? You like any other sports? You like football, baseball, basketball, anything like that? You know what? I'm I'm really not that big into uh, professional basketball, but. Obviously, being a UK grad, I, I love my Wildcat basketball. Um, and then, you know, football, I'm a season ticket holder to the Washington Redskins. And, uh, you know, for baseball, for me, it's it's the Baltimore O's. I mean, I, I grew up in Maryland, so, you know, those those were the three, you know, professional sports I rooted for. The Nationals weren't there then, and, and the Ravens weren't there then. So that's kind of how, how I ended up with two teams in Washington, one in Baltimore. All right. The captain, Corey Callahan, joining us on the program. Corey, before we let you go, we got one final question for you. What's, you the, what's the dream race for Corey Callahan? What do you want to accomplish before uh, your career is over? I would say probably everybody wants to win the Hamiltonian. I mean, that's, you know, it's it's been a signature race for, you know, the history of the sport. I mean, you know, there's other big races too, North America Cup and, Meadowlands pay stuff like that, but you know, I mean, I think I think for everybody when they when they start you know driving, their dream is to win the Hamiltonian. So I'm sure uh, I'm right along with the rest of those guys that haven't haven't been able to win it yet. All right, Corey Callan joining us on the program. Corey, listen, my friend, it's uh, it's a pleasure to get out there and uh, you know call some of the races that uh, you're in, watching you do your thing out there. Certainly a big fan of yours, and keep up the good work going forward. Yeah, man, enjoy your time out there in Chicago. We'll see you back here soon. All right. That was uh, the captain, Corey Callahan, joining us on the program post time with Mike and Mike. And and I got to tell you, Corey's a, you know, not only is he a great driver, Mike, but, you know, he's, of course, Facebook friends of ours. And and all the time he puts on Facebook pictures of his family, a big, big family guy, just a, a great guy to have around in the sport of harness racing, Mike. No, I completely 100% agree, and I'll tell you, Corey is, you know, he's, he's still young, and, you know, he is what is bringing this business uh, going forward, you know, granted, you know, you have your T-Tricks and your Jingras and things, but, you know, it's nice to see one of the younger guys in Corey Callahan doing so well and uh, uh, helping to promote the sport the way he does. 
Yeah, certainly. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, calling at Harris, Philadelphia, getting a chance to see those guys, it's unbelievable what, uh, you know, the I mean, the different driving styles and just the great drivers. And, you know, you, and you see all these different driving styles. Like here in Illinois, got some great drivers out here. Of course, you're seeing a lot of great drivers there in Northfield with Aaron and, and uh, you know, Ronnie Wren and uh, some of the other guys there doing their thing. And, and uh, just a lot of great drivers and a lot of great young drivers. And I think, Mike, as time is going on and, you know, what I see with these drivers, and I guess you could probably attribute that to the uh, advent of social media and the explosion of social media, is a lot of these guys, as opposed to your stars in baseball or football or basketball, a lot of these guys are very accessible. I mean, they're right there on social media. You know, they're right there with, uh, like yesterday, you know, had a kid come up and uh, Simon Allard put her right in the sulky and she got her picture taken. And, boy, you talk about making a fan there. I haven't made mention of it, you know, in the uh, winner's circle uh Ceremony, I said, you know, Simon Allard just made another racing fan, and and uh, these guys are so accessible, and I think that's one of the positives, uh, certainly of the sport. No, I agree 100. percent You know, we go week in, week out, you know, getting people to join our show, and you know, it, it may sound easy to some of you guys, but I'll tell you what, we're, I mean, granted, uh, you know, us as announcers are, uh, I'm trying to think of the word that I'm looking for here. We're very, you know, great. We're up there in the sport, but we don't know everybody. And I'll tell you what, we've been very lucky to be able to get some big names on here and uh, like Corey Callahan. And we're looking forward towards Aaron Merriman. I want to talk with Tim Tietrich at some point. And of course, our man, Yannick Kingrow, we'd like to talk with him a little bit as well. Oh yeah, we well listen. We've got we've got a show every week, and we've got an hour plus to fill every week. So we'll definitely bring some people on, and and not only that, Mike, but you know it's also giving our listeners a chance to know some of these guys. And you know I I do want to give uh, our listeners a little bit of behind the scenes look because when I was doing a little show prep, um, you know I I we want to make it a point. Uh, more on this program when we're interviewing somebody like Corey Callahan or or Pete Madhurst or some of the other you know people and, and drivers and trainers and just personalities of this industry to go off topic a little bit you know to talk a little bit about their favorite sports teams because you know they're I mean they're people just like you and me and I think a lot of fans you know kind of don't realize that kind of get lost up lost in it but you know what they've got likes they've got favorite ball teams and they go out and they like to play golf just like everybody else and and uh, you know I think that's a terrific thing and that's one of the that's one of our, our goals going forward on this show is we want to introduce these guys not only as drivers and great athletes out there in this sport, but we also want to, uh, you know, bring the human side out of them a little bit. Let them loosen up and have some fun. That's the truth. Well, Mike, we're going to take one last commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the show and uh, talk about, you know, some of the things going on in racing right now. We're about to hear from our sponsor, Friends of Maryland Standard Bread. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. It takes them every ounce of energy to get out of bed. They struggle to the mirror and comb their hair, what's left of it. But when the race is on, it's on. The duos in between horses, Jettison gets to the lead, and Jettison will take the Niatron. Down to the finish, McWicked by as much as he pleases. The Dalos with 100 yards to go. The Dalos and driver Drew Monty win the Nia Tross final. Draws away as they come down to the finish. Pinkman, a go-away winner. That's Harness Racing's newest podcast, Post Time, with Mike Bozich and Mike Carter, every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern on blogtalkradio.com. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And, uh, Mike, I'll tell you what, Hawthorne released a video uh, this week. Actually, it was on opening night. And 
uh, with you working there, I want to tell you, it, it almost had me in tears in the car. I was driving back from Buffalo and had the feet up on my phone. And I'll tell you what, man, they really, really did a great job putting that video together. You want to tell us more about it? Yeah, in in per and first of all, I have to say that I had nothing to do with it, so I'm not going to take any credit for this whatsoever. And I'm only filling in for for my man Picolasi till he gets back. So this is going to be an unbiased point of view. I'm still a little bit of an outsider, so I think I could talk from an unbiased point of view that this was. I'm going to call it the best harness racing video production. Or I should say best, because there are a lot of good ones out there, but one of the best, certainly, of all time. The one that the USTA put together a couple of months ago with the tradition, that was pretty darn good, too. But, uh, you know, this one had a lot of raw emotion behind it. And, you know, you can and you can tell when you watch, at least I can anyway, when you watch video packages and, and you watch things of that sort, you could kind of tell what message the person that created the video package was trying to get out. And you could kind of tell if they were just going through the motions or everything. But this is this one had so much emotion behind it um, that, you know, like I said, you say it brought you to tears. I, I watched it over and over and over and over and over again. And obviously it was very popular because it got shared on social media quite a bit. And if you haven't had a chance to see it, basically what it is, it's about, I don't know, maybe a minute, 32 minutes long, um, and it basically focuses a little bit on the track conversion. Um, and these track guys, Mike, I'm telling you, I've been here for a week, and these guys have not stopped working. They work around the clock on this racetrack. And it was focusing on the track conversion, of course, from the thoroughbred meet to the harness meet. The thoroughbreds just ended on the 2nd of January and, uh, you know, had to transition right over to the harness. They had about five or six days to get the job done. And it focused a lot on that. They had to remove the rail uh, put the pylons up, of course, do the actual dirt and the, the material uh, and remove that as well. And then once, of course, they get it on, had to work it and water it and do all the things that they do. And uh, so it kind of focused on that. Um, and it basically focused on, you know, why are we doing this? Because we are Hawthorne, and this is what we do. And this racetrack has been in the Carey family for a long, long time. You know, this track's about 100, and I think it's celebrating their 125th anniversary now of being here. And, of course, I grew up in the Chicagoland area, so Hawthorne was always the place, along with, you know, Arlington, of course, Sportsman's Park across the street, which is now a Walmart. But, um, you know, it, it, it was a great, great video. And if you haven't had a chance to catch it, uh, catch it, and you could do it anywhere on social media. I'm pretty sure it's on their website as well. You know, you can follow them at Club Hawthorne on Twitter. It's on their Twitter page and on their Facebook page. If you haven't seen it, treat yourself. Do it because it was one of the best harness racing productions, in my opinion, of all time. Yeah, I agree 100%. And, that there, again, we talk about this all the time. There's so much negative in harness racing from, you know, things that people talk about on social media to the forums. And we as a show are, you know, we we present the good. We try to stay away from the bad. And I'll tell you what, Mike, seeing that video, it, it really represents what post time stands for. And that's, you know, again, everybody's got a story, and we want to tell every story that's out there, and especially the good ones. We try to stay away from the bad ones, but the good ones especially we want to tell. Well, that's right, Mike. And like I say, you know, we say this almost every week. Our heads aren't in the sand. We are very, very, very aware of the problems that face this industry. And, you know, whether they're self-inflicted or legislatively or just whatever. But, you know, other sports have problems as well. But also, along with that, Mike, there are also forms and places that you can talk about that. And in our opinion, when we were putting together this show, we didn't feel that there was enough outlets to talk about the good in the industry, and there is plenty of good in the industry. There's a lot of hardworking people back there on the backside. There's a lot of hardworking people on the front side everywhere to try to make this thing go. And those are there's a lot of very interesting stories there. And we we thought when we put the show together, Mike, that they weren't getting told, and that's our job here at Post Time with Mike and Mike. We're going to tell those stories, and uh, you know, hopefully uh, you like this so far, and uh, hopefully we're doing a good job. And you know, we're going to be a little bit of a post time change. Like like we said, over the next couple of weeks, are going to be on the afternoon, but that's what the on-demand features for, so you can listen at your convenience to any one of these shows. And what we'll do is, going forward, um, we will, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get some fan input. Uh, of course, the afternoons, right now, they work. Obviously, when Mike goes back to work at Harris, Philadelphia, not so much, but, you know, 
we figured Thursday afternoon, Thursday night seems to get, uh, you know, some of the more, uh, some more listeners than say on, you know, Friday or Saturday nights. But if you, the fans have any suggestions, feel free to email us at, uh, post PT Mike and Mike at yahoo.com. Send us a Facebook message, a Twitter message. Me or Mike will get back to you. And if one of us doesn't know the answer, uh, then you know, who knows? The uh, we'll talk about it, and then we'll come up with something. You know, one of the things, Mike, we're not very hard to find. You're at Northfield Park, and I'm here at Hawthorne. I'll be back at Ares Philadelphia coming up in uh, the uh, last part of March, first part of April. And like I said, we've got a big social media presence, uh, so we're not very hard to find, and we do appreciate and value everybody's suggestions. So, hey, if any of the fans, any of our listeners got a suggestion on uh, what you'd like to hear on the show, feel free to, uh, you could tweet us, Facebook us, email us, call us, uh, however you want to do it, and uh, we'll see what we can do for you. All right, guys. Well, our hour is up. For Mike Bozich, I'm Mike Carter. We thank you so much for joining Post Time with Mike and Mike. We'll see you next Thursday. A reminder, first post will be 1 p.m. Good night.